For the first podcast of 2022, I decided to come right out of the gate, setting the groundwork for this year. My word for 2022 is visibility. This will be a year of transparency, honesty, and standing tall in my truth while sharing my experiences and those of my clients so that you recognize that you are not alone, that other women you never would suspect have experienced trauma in their lives as well. You would be surprised to learn how many women in leadership are miserable in their relationships and or are in abusive marriages. You can't always tell from the outside. This I know because I hid my domestic violence experience for years. The shame, embarrassment, and paralysis that comes with it kept me silent, keeps you silent. I could have chosen bitterness in a life where I'd never learned to trust or believe in love again in order to play it safe. Instead, I chose joy. Join me inside the episode as I share my journey from domestic abuse survivor to executive relationship coach for women and the why behind my passion for coaching. Be sure to head on over to the show notes to download this episode should you ever need a reminder that you are not alone in your struggles. And also check the show notes for the links to the resources mentioned in this episode. See you inside. Welcome to the Happy Executive Woman's Podcast where women just like you learn how to navigate your work, home, and love lives with confidence and calm, all while being in command of your emotions. Here's your host, Coach Anita Charlo. As an executive woman, giving ourselves permission to ask for what we want is so important. And since I like to practice what I preach, I'd like to ask you for a favor. If you could head on over to iTunes or wherever you're listening from and leave a review and a rating, I would really appreciate it. It helps so much. And if you know of another amazing woman that could benefit from these topics, please be sure to forward this podcast to her. Hey there, beautiful. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to this highly personal podcast episode. It's not easy to put this out there, but it is something that I must do. A woman out there, maybe even you, needs to hear my story. I hope that by listening to this episode, you will find the courage to make the right decision for yourself and or understand the importance of identifying the personality of the person that is perfectly imperfect for you before you get too involved. It took me almost 20 years to be comfortable sharing this information publicly. And I took my time doing so for several reasons. I needed to heal. I needed my children to reach a certain age. I needed to be able to tell my story without breaking down in the middle of my speech. And I needed to identify the many lessons as a result of what I experienced. I also needed to get to a place where I would not be affected by the insensitive comments that people make, sometimes unknowingly, when they discover what I've been through. So over the past several years, I've been sharing more and more because I realized that being transparent could possibly save a life or, if nothing else, give another woman hope. In my search for healing after my divorce and several failed relationships, 
I sat down to try and figure out what I was doing wrong. I then penned the first edition of The Five Phases of Dating, which was published in 2005. The purpose of this book was to remove the warm and fuzzies out of dating to look at why I continue to fail in an objective manner. And so I approached it like a project. Five phases, if truly thought about, would keep women like me and you from getting into the wrong relationship. As I grew in my understanding and experiences after my divorce, I wrote the second version, The Five Phases of Dating, The Grown-Ass Woman's Guide to Attracting and Maintaining Authentic Relationships. This version published in 2018. While the first edition is out of print, if interested, the latest version is available on Amazon and anywhere books are sold. See the show notes for all links mentioned in this episode. To take the internal groundwork portion of my book to the next level, I created a free video training called Can He Handle Your Grind? That link is also in the show notes. So how did I go from being a domestic abuse survivor to an executive relationship coach for women? One emotional evolution at a time. I spent years in and out of therapy and coaching with different types of people, modalities, you name it. I tried it. It was psychotherapy. I had an LCSW, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a psychoanalyst, a pastor, a reverend, a bishop, co-workers. If you were offering help, I was getting in line for it. I knew that I needed to be able to move beyond the pain of my marriage if I was going to be fully present physically and emotionally with my kids and in my future dating experiences. It is suggested that if you can't find the courage to do something for yourself, do it for someone else. So I initially started going to therapy for my children and the women I would eventually help in the future. At least that's what I told myself. It was easier to tell myself this, to sit in the chair. That way, since a Black woman going to a therapist was frowned upon in the Black community, I wouldn't feel so bad. We were taught, don't you go sitting on no white person's couch and talk about Black folks' problems. We were also taught that what happened in our house stayed in our house and not to put our business in the streets. So we just sucked it up and kept it moving in most cases. It wasn't until recently when I was taking my yoga training or trauma-informed yoga training that I realized that Black people actually had trauma. We've always just called it issues. My journey kicked off when I lost my dad in 1995. I got married in 1996, then lost my brother around Thanksgiving of that same year. You know, it just occurred to me that I never told my brother what was going on in my home. With bone cancer, he had enough to worry about, so I hid it from him and his family. I shared a little with my mom during that time, but I didn't want to concern her much either. There was only one person who walked with me through that entire ordeal, and that was my high school bestie, Leslie. Leslie opened her home to us when I needed a place to hide out. Since he didn't know where she lived, it was cheaper than hiding out in a motel for days at a time. She would pick us up when I didn't have transportation, and she would lie for me when he would call and ask if we were at her house. More on Leslie later. 
I like to think that the boys really did believe we were taking short vacations from work and school, but we never talked about it. They were so small at the time, ages two and seven. So maybe I actually got away with it. Or perhaps they will bring it up in their therapy sessions on their own, should they feel the need to. But Leslie was family for me. I chose her and she chose me. I was in the military while all of this was going on. United States Army Reserve, by this time a sergeant. And what are you taught to do as a soldier? You man up. So I thought I was manning up during reserve drill weekends, but it was evident to my section that things were different with me. I was always about my military business, having received multiple awards throughout the years, being a soldier in charge, known for kicking butt and taking names, even before becoming a non-commissioned officer. My section and I were very close. We had our civilian family and our military family. Since we were combat trained to have each other's backs, we trusted each other with our lives, including our personal ones. They celebrated my wedding with me and were there for me when it was time to walk away from it. Hell, they staged an intervention before the television show became popular. One summer at the going home party after our 15-day annual training, we all went outside to do shots of tequila. They each shared what they had witnessed in my spirit, how I had changed, and what they knew the reason to be. They asked me what I needed in order to leave my husband and promised to be there in whatever capacity to help me do it. I didn't share with them the severity of what I had experienced and that I was currently in therapy to maintain my sanity. I kept that to myself. That night, we, as a family, military family, decided that I was leaving my marriage and we began to put a plan in place to implement once I returned home. It took two to three months to orchestrate. Still, one Monday morning with the military family, Leslie, the moving truck she rented for me, my manager and her husband to take the kids for a few days, and two of our suburbs finest in uniform set me free from that situation, liberated me, if you will. Things didn't go as planned, thus the reason for the police to be there, but I left with nothing but the contents of my boy's room and my personal belongings. For about a year, I slept on the floor. Remember the eggshell mattress cover? My actual mattress was two comforters underneath that with two to three comforters on top of it. And I made it up every morning as though it was a real bed. It was a real bed. It was my bed. Our first kitchen table was the plastic red, yellow, and blue play school toddler table and chairs donated by the maintenance guys from a prior tenant's unit. They upgraded us to an adult table set, once again left behind by a previous tenant. After I confided in a male friend of mine, strictly platonic, he purchased a set of mattresses for me and a couch for our living room. He was like a brother and wanted to ensure that the boys and I were okay. We were. You know why? Because we had each other and we had peace. I made sure to move almost an hour away to avoid the drive-by possibilities and dealt with the phone and voicemail harassment until it ended. That was in 1996. I was safe and so were they. For the next 14 years, I worked on climbing the corporate ladder, at times hiding the fact that I had children, that's another conversation for another episode. 
healing my heart, learning everything I could about intimate relationships and being an equal opportunity dater. I started my coaching business in 1999. And as I grew, my business grew. As I moved through my healing phases, my focus for my businesses moved through many phases as well. I have probably started maybe four or five businesses throughout the year, and I have formally shut down three of them. So I am the serial dualpreneur, as it turns out. (laughs) But while being there for my clients, I continued to seek the help I needed, ultimately leading me to see a metaphysician. Think of a metaphysician as a coach that takes your mental, emotional, spiritual, and energetic being into consideration with the ability to help you grow using the principles of the higher power you believe in. I accomplished in two sessions with her what I had not been able to achieve in several years. She is the reason why I got my bachelor's in metaphysics and now pursuing my doctorate in metaphysical psychology. Thanks, Donna, if you're listening. I did all of this while working full-time and at times a part-time job too, raising kids as a single mom, completing two degrees, climbing the corporate ladder, writing three books, serving 14 years in the United States Army Reserve, dating, getting my heart broken, being in relationships, but leaving my heart somewhere else, picking the wrong one for all the right reasons, you name it. My goal was never to give up on love. Hell, I'm a soldier and we always complete the mission. And my mission was to understand how to attract a perfectly imperfect relationship. And I finally succeeded. Feels like I've lived multiple lifetimes. What I've shared with you in this podcast only scratches the surface but it was important for me to put it out there. You needed to know that I haven't always been lucky in love. My current marriage is the best relationship I've ever been in, but it is also a work in progress. All relationships take work. It just depends on how much work you want to have to do. What are you willing to put up with or to sacrifice for love? Are you willing to do the necessary work on yourself, then learn the personality type of the person that will provide you with the quality of life and love that you want? Will you learn how to shift gears from commanding the boardroom to successfully navigating the bedroom? I didn't want my boys growing up thinking that what they witnessed was how they should treat women. So I had to get clear on what I really wanted, what a healthy relationship would look like, sound like, and feel like energetically, of course. Once I was clear on that, It was time to look at how I was standing in the way of my happiness and what I needed to work on to attract the right type of personality. As I was doing the work, I also had to identify the person's character that will be a complement to my life and not a complication in the areas of spirit, career, business aspirations, health, finances, education, recreation, and many others, things that people don't normally think about until it's too late. After I attracted the right partner into my life, I had the headspace to work on what I wanted my professional relationships to look like. From the type of company I wanted to work for to the kind of manager I wanted to be and the type of officer I wanted to report to. 
I had to learn how to communicate my needs in a way that they would be received, how to stand up for myself, how to stop feeling the need to outperform in order to be seen. I'm still working on this one as a Black woman. It is ingrained in us that we have to work three times as hard to be successful in the workplace, and that shit is just exhausting. I needed to figure out how to climb the corporate ladder in spite of unconscious and at times conscious and even malicious biases. As we say in my circle, I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. This isn't a hobby for me. It's a mission. It's in my DNA. And I used to try to tone it down so as not to make other people feel uncomfortable, but that is no longer an option. 2022 is all about visibility and visibility means speaking up when you normally wouldn't and knowing when and how to do so. Unpacking a lifetime of personal, generational and collective trauma means continuous work on myself. But as you see, I am the first person to work on me so that I'm healthy enough to help you work on you. I'm doing my part along my journey to share what I've learned with my clients, audiences, and even individuals of other races that are brave enough to ask questions. So there, I've shared my dirty laundry with you. I've opened my box of secrets and shown you that you are not the only one with challenges. I have to, but if I can make my way through them, both personally and professionally, so can you. When you're ready to stand in your power, I would hope that you continue to seek help in as many different forms or modalities as it may take, like I did, until you find something that works for you. And if you feel that I can support you through that, please contact me through my website so that we can get started. Don't forget the links to the free video course and the book you can find in the show notes. Thank you for listening and see you in the next episode. Happy 2022. If you are in danger and you would like to seek help, please call the domestic violence hotline at 800-799-SAFE. That's 800-799-7233 from a phone not registered to you or at your home.